0: And welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Do you feel like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen, and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action powered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of design your dream life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. All right, you guys, we are venturing into a topic that we have never discussed here on this show. But I can tell you over the past year, I don't know about you, but I have had questions pop up in my mind. Now, remember, I've run a few marathons. I've done bodybuilding competitions. I have entered into the fitness nutrition world and immersed myself in that learning over the past few years. I've also been an entrepreneur for over a decade, which means I have had to step outside the, quote, programming of the societal public school that means only be a hard worker and don't think for yourself. At least for me, I had that programming. And so when I got my first job and I realized I didn't really like it, I didn't know what to do because nobody was telling me what to do. And I had to look inside and really dig deep to make my own choices and cast my own vision. And over the past decade, plus, right, 13 years, we have been teaching people how to harness the power of personal responsibility, go inward, trust yourself, and then take steps outside your comfort zone. So when this pandemic started, I initially had red flags going off in my mind because, to be honest, none of it made sense. I take care of my six feet. You take care of yours. Like, that's all we really can control. And when we know, uh, learn about viruses, viruses take two years to sweep through Um, you know, the globe. And the goal isn't to stop it, possibly maybe to slow it down and to make changes. We we can be careful, right? But to shut down an entire world for a virus that has a very low death rate really just made no sense. Now I'm not saying there's not a virus. I believe that there is. I understand that there is. And I understand that we need to be careful and cautious and wash our hands and take more vitamins and have probiotics and, you know, detox from sugar. Goodness sakes. But to shut down the whole world just really caused me to ask questions like, what the heck is really going on? And so over the course of the year, I have been asking questions. I have been seeking out alternative views from what is being presented on the mainstream media because what I'm seeing on the mainstream media just doesn't add up for me. Now, what I'm about to share and what my guest is about to share is just another piece Of the story. So we recommend that you go to the original sources, that you do some of your own homework, that you ask your own questions. Because I think at the end of the day, we all have to do what I had to do over a decade ago and go inward and ask and trust and make decisions based on that. So with that introduction, I'm super excited to welcome Katie Hunting to the Dreamcast. You and I met throughout this year as we, um, I was starting to ask questions and seeking out answers. And you have been doing this type of research for over 20 years. I'd love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit and how you came upon the information we're about to share. Let's start out with who I am. I'm just, I'm just like everybody else, right?
1: I can't say that on my mom because I don't have kids, but I do have two dogs, which require a lot of time and energy. So my background is I have two degrees, ultimately, that I really haven't done anything with, which is another and a whole nother topic <laughs> or for people to delve into. But um, so I am a professional tennis instructor. I'm a varsity tennis coach here locally. And I owned a business with my mom for 13 years, a retail business. And I was also in sales forever, all different kinds of sales. And anyhow, about 25 years ago, also being an entrepreneurial spirit, someone introduced me to a network marketing program. And it was actually called Gateway to Financial Freedom. And I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And they told me a little bit about it. So I signed up for it. And that it really kind of, kind of changed the course of, I don't want to say it changed the course of my life, but it opened up a door because when I got it, now this was 25 years ago, right? So this is back when we still had cassette tapes. (laughs) So I got, I don't know, there were like 12 or 20, I can't remember several cassette tapes. And it ended up being an education on common law. I had never really heard of that before. You know, back when in the 70s, the only thing I ever heard about common law was, oh, that couple has a common law marriage. And it, you know, when you're a kid, okay, what does that mean? And that was really all I've ever heard about common law. And so, this tape series went all into the common law jurisdiction And it was also information, quite an education on our banking system and the Internal Revenue Service. So it was very, very eye opening. However, 25 years ago, it was also very conspiracy theory ish. And anyhow, meaning taboo.
0: It it was. (laughs) Right. For those that don't know, the term conspiracy theory actually arose right after the JFK assassination. Where again, people saw what happened and they go, that doesn't make sense. Wait a minute. Something else is going on here. And they started to ask questions. And and that's where that term came from, because people wanted to shame or shut down those who were asking questions and not just believing what we were told. So 25 years ago, this stuff was absolutely even more taboo than it is today. Today. (laughs) Learning didn't stop
1: there. It's true. So... I was also not just started to study and ask questions along those lines, but also from a religious or spiritual aspect, started to learn more about the kingdom of God. So when we're just bettering ourselves, I mean, there are so many areas that we can grow in. And so this just happened to be two areas and they both concentrated on government styles, if you will. And so life kind of happened, and I, anyhow, life happened, and um, I got back all into this stuff about uh, five years ago. So I tell everyone it's kind of funny. Um, I say I have my own personal research assistant, <laughs> which is my mom. <laughs> so she's retired and has nothing but time on her hands. She's a very critical thinker, and uh, she She's retired and my um, dad passed away. So she does, um, listens to a ton of stuff on YouTube. Now, shockingly, uh, what people are, I think, if you're not already familiar with, in the very near future, um, our news sources are going to come from independent investigative journalists and researchers really on YouTube because um, what what people may not understand is that pretty much almost 100% of our networks right now, our media networks are owned by six different individuals. Um, so if you do your research on that, uh, they're all owned. It doesn't matter what Channel you're watching, they're all
0: basically owned, which means people. they have one <laughs> one goal to share, right? Yes. One message to share, and they they may have different flavors. They may uh, even pretend to be on different sides of the aisle to accommodate all the listeners, but really they have <laughs> one message. To to share and and yeah. I know you've been to Lansing and the libraries and really gone back to the original sources as well. I'd yeah. love to hear what you have learned about why the founding fathers came from Europe to begin with and what they wanted to establish here in the United States. All right. So, yeah, so all of this takes me to uh,
1: really the study of government and in studying these things, so we have to go back to the founding of America when we're questioning what the heck is going on today. What is happening today, uh, the driving force behind truly understanding this is with this whole coronavirus thing, we know that something's wrong and we know that we have rights. And so we're all concerned about our rights and the overreach that we're seeing. But we need to go back and understand the foundation of this country. So this is, this is why we're talking about this today. When the colonists came over here from Europe, right, what we're told and taught is that they were really escaping uh, persecution, religious persecution. Um, over in England, you know, you had to worship a certain way and whatnot. So the colonists came over here. So we have the pilgrims come over here for freedom, for freedom to worship
0: and to live how they saw fit and how they wanted to. Were they getting away from high taxes as well? Was the tax structure a part of the reason they wanted to leave? Or Um, No, I would say originally when
1: the colonists came over here, that was more religious persecution type thing, I believe. Now, when they came here, when now when we go, if we fast forward to the Revolutionary War, yes, right? So when the colonists were here, and uh, so when jumping to the Revolutionary War,
0: do you know years for this? So 1776 is when we'd say that that was the year of the the Declaration of Independence. Okay. So, so, we'll so let's down. just say the eight
1: the 1770s, all right? In the 1770s, yes. uh, the we had 13 colonies, and all of the colonies were independent. Every community, you know, they had their own um, structure for functioning. And obviously, different nationalities were in different colonies, right? Uh, they went to where their people were when they came over in general. And so... King George, Great Britain, England, there were agreements in place between him and the colonists, right? And you can best believe that uh, the leaders over in Europe, so you also had it was England, but you know, you had the, the king of Spain, you had France, you had other countries, America was the new frontier. I mean, there was much wealth to be had over here land. So everyone wanted a piece of the pie. So the colonies at that time were connected with King George of England. And so he started to really encroach upon the agreements that they had in place between the King of England and the colonists. And he was taking advantage of people. He was, he was taking people if, if they broke the law or, you know, his statutes, he would have them shipped back to England to stand trial versus standing trial here. And it was, it was really bad. And then taxes, he started taxing them on stuff. So anyhow, it was really quite egregious to the point that at that time, the, the colonists or the areas, they had representatives. They had people representing them. And, and so the colonists, the representatives of the colonists all came together. And this is when they developed the Declaration of Independence and when we when we want to understand where we're at today, we really need to go back to the founding documents. It is absolutely imperative that we read those documents because so much has transpired and I liken it to football. Not that I know a ton about football, but because I'm a coach, let's say professional footballs or high, college football, these coaches are looking at. They're watching videotapes of other schools. What are their plays? What are they doing? How are we gonna? They're coming up with their strategy, right? Um, and so you need to know your enemy. What what is your enemy doing? How are they playing? What are the rules of engagement? Uh, and they have us so sidetracked here in America today. I'm working on. Uh, we're uh, we don't have time to understand the laws or everything that's going on. So, when we're when we're talking about our history and our rights, we need to know. And so we go back to the founding documents. So the Declaration of Independence. Um, you know, I quite frankly, I've been learning a tremendous amount of truth <laughs> and it's it's quite frightening and disturbing. And this summer with this whole covid thing, I'm like,
0: okay, I need to pull out the founding documents right and you you said the founding or the declaration of independence and then there's a couple other founding documents that you yeah. recommend took going back to so, Are
1: those yep yeah. so the the declaration of independence and then anytime you're going to study so we're talking about the revolutionary war which took place uh seven started in 1776 you need resources as close to the time period that you're studying So the Declaration of Independence, but then this is a copy of the Constitution. Now, what people don't understand is there's a few different versions of the Constitution. So when you're studying, you can't just, you know, Google the Constitution. You actually want to find copies of the Constitution as close to, let's say, 1800 as possible because they've made changes to it. And so my copy of the Constitution is a certified copy from 1819. And again, you get these by going to this is from the Texas State Library and Archives Commission. So this is when you're going to um, the National Archives, you're going to your state archives to study these things. You don't just want to rely on Google. <laughs> to pull up the document. Um, Other resources would be Noah Webster's Dictionary from 1828, because another huge revelation is that they have changed vocabulary words, the meanings uh, behind words over time. And so the Noah Webster's Dictionary 1828 is a great, you can get that online. You can Google Noah Webster Dictionary 1828 and it'll pull it up. And you can put in a word and it will bring up the first definition should be the oldest definition. And then it'll add definitions as they came into existence for that word <laughs> over time. And but yeah, what about
0: the Articles of Confederation?
1: Yeah, so looking at history, so they the colonists wrote the Declaration of Independence, which they determined, where do our rights come from? Our rights come from God, come from nature's laws and nature's God, our creator. So that's where our rights come from. When they, after they won the Revolutionary War, the Articles of Confederation were, was that was the first attempt at a constitution Uh, which would be the guidelines for the colonies to function together as a union. There were some holes in that. And so they call the Constitutional Convention. And that's where our our current existing, so to speak, Constitution comes from. And then what uh, about the Bill of Rights? Well, that is really good. So uh, the Bill of Rights, what is the Bill of Rights? The Bill of Rights is part of the Constitution. Right. But uh, like I just said, The Declaration of Independence declares that our rights come from nature and nature's God. So when the framers of our country, when they wrote or the Constitution, when they wrote the Constitution, they included a bill of rights. And I'm just the Constitution has a preamble and the preamble is what sets up the whole document. It tells you what is the purpose of the document. Well, unbeknownst to me, there is a preamble to the Bill of Rights. And so I'm just going to read you the preamble to the Bill of Rights because this is critical. I ask people, do you have constitutional rights? And most people think they have constitutional rights and they don't. Your rights don't come from the Constitution. So the preamble to the Bill of Rights States, uh, the conventions of a number of the states having at the time of their adopting the Constitution expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added. So it's really, really critical for us to understand the whole purpose of the Constitution, who it is directed to, and why did they add the Bill of Rights? The Bill of Rights was to further constrict the government and to make sure that they did not step upon certain of our God-given rights. And so it's a list, okay? It's a list of our God-given rights that the government absolutely cannot touch on. And it also states in the Bill of Rights that this
0: is not a complete list. So we have tons of rights that the government can't touch. So the Declaration of Independence separates us from Europe because in 1776, Americans were Englishmen being controlled or influenced by King George. They were like, dude, I'm not going to pay taxes. You don't even help me. I mean, how many of you feel like that? I don't want to pay taxes. How the heck do I even (laughs) use these taxes? Um, And so they broke away from Europe and and then they create this constitution. So the constitution you're saying is not on how people should act. Mm -hmm. It's really geared towards how the government should act correct? because they've already experienced what it was like to have a person in power dictate to the people. And right. in the Constitution, it says, we, the people, are self-governed. So yeah. tell me, what is the role of the government via this Constitution? All right. So this is, this is where <laughs> everyone
1: needs to take a deep breath. And this is a revelation. OK, so we're going to go back to, I'll get there. We're g- <laughs> the Revolutionary War. What did the Declaration of Independence declare? OK, it declared that we were all equal. Okay, so you have to think of this. You have the king of England, right? Kings tend. They have subjects that are under them, right? The king is up here and they have subjects. So the king of England, let's say, was over the colonists, but it was so tyrannical and he was overreaching even the agreement that he agreed to with the colonists. So the Declaration of Independence declared us all equal. So, what this did was raise, if you will, it raised me and you to the level of sovereignty. So, when we think of kings and queens, we think of oh they're they're they they're sovereign. So the Declaration of Independence declared us all equal with kings and queens, and therefore, that is, uh, we're a level of sovereignty. We're sovereigns along with the kings and queens. And so after we won the Revolutionary War, the whole purpose was, okay, so now what are we going to do as a country? As a, as, as our states are united, what, what do we need to do as far as governing? Well, we self-govern. So self-governing means that we take responsibility for ourselves. In our actions, and we are all equal. No one is better or above somebody else. And they function under what's called common law jurisdiction. It was just it was a a common understanding based on Judeo-Christian values, but there were certain things that were required to function as a country. So we the people created the constitution we wrote I'll say we wrote the constitution which created a service organization called the federal government our federal government is a service organization and you need to go read that constitution because all it does is tells you why we created the service organization which is the preamble and then the rest of the document defines the service organization it says okay we need you to do a b and c there's 19 services that The colonists or the state, the colonies or the states need like protection. So we said, okay, we're going to create the federal government and the federal government is going to be uh, we're going to authorize the federal government to provide a Navy to protect our borders in the the sea so uh, that they have power and authority or jurisdiction over the Navy. We also gave them power and authority to coin money and the laws surrounding that money like you know counterfeiting whatnot so we created departments and we the people determined the power and authority that they would have over those
0: 19 services that's it that's all it is so the government is an admin to the people correct. and in charge of interstate or international affairs. Correct that is absolutely correct.
1: And so when you think of this, so a country needs the ability to do international trade. So they were responsible for um, like tariffs and taxes on product incoming and, you know, incoming tariffs and whatnot. So so our the United States of America as an a union, a country could have international trade and every state. All right. So let's say Michigan or Texas. Well, Texas wasn't there, but Massachusetts, whatever. We are all independent states, really nations. We're all different. We all have our own set of governing rules in our own states. And so the federal government oversees how transactions are made in between states. Okay, that would be international, really. Interstate would be the same as international, because all the states are independent. So yes, that's all they have jurisdiction over. So we talk about different jurisdictions, there's different jurisdictions that we function under. And the federal government, the people define the power and authority that the federal government has, we do not fall under the jurisdiction of the Constitution.
0: All right, so we the people create the Constitution and we say we know we can't do everything ourselves, so we are going to establish a service organization or an admin to the people who are going to support with, you know, paperwork and keeping track of of billings and things for interstate international affairs. Correct. How, and this is considered common law because in the common law, as you say, jurisdiction, we, the people, get our rights from God. We inherently Correct. have these rights. So we don't need the government to give us rights. Um, we already have them. And, and we everybody is treated equally, or at least that's the culture we want to create. And so things like rights and responsibilities are taught in school. The Correct. school system then teaches equality. It teaches 100% responsibility for yourself. It teaches these types of cultural attributes that we want to then see within the rest of the culture. How Correct. long did common law in this outline of government last and like function well? How long did it like really? Last? Yes, good question. <laughs> so I want to, because when I, when
1: I teach classes or whatever, I want to give people more like the, the evidence. So we're going to back up because we, when we talk about common law, um we meaning anyone living today has not really learned or been taught about common law and i want to reference it so when you go back to the bill of rights the bill of rights are the, is really like the first 10 amendment to the constitution those pertain to the people because the people wanted to put shackles on the government and they said okay these things enumerated here in the bill of rights these 10 things you will not touch this these belong to the people So Article 7 of the Bill of Rights, all right, this is where we're going to see the jurisdiction of common law come up. And this says, in suits at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved. And no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. So, me and you as women, so men and women, this is critical to understand that we, that's all we are. We are men and women, no other title, are to function under the common law. And they said it should be preserved. And any trial that we have under common law can't be tried in any other type of court other than common law courts. It's a jurisdiction. So I was never taught that. You were never taught that. Nobody ever talks about that, but it's right there. That's where it is. And so the common law jurisdiction is, um, that is based on, in our country, based on Judeo-Christian values, because common law means it's the customs and culture um, that started your your country, and we had that. That was taught in in families in your home, right, as well as in the schools. In the schools, from basically from the 1776 to uh, the Civil War, we had common law jurisdiction we were self-governing. Uh, and that basically, to self-govern means you take responsibility and you cause no harm or loss to anybody else. You don't encroach upon their rights. So um, when the Bill of Rights talks about we have uh the right to bear arms, okay that we could have the right to protect ourselves it, not just from other people but also from governments. I mean people really need to read and understand the Bill of rights, the constitution um and why why they protected these things, so we had that for about a hundred years
0: so when we say when we say what was taught in schools, this whole rights and responsibility thing, it basically comes down to do no harm, do no harm, cause no loss. And if there is a disagreement with somebody, then they would go to the jury, to a jury of their peers, to decide or or mitigate this type of situation. But it was truly a a cult. The idea was that the people were learning to have this mutual respect because that was the attitude of the culture. Now, the Civil War happened. And then my boys and I are homeschooling right now. And we learned all about the Civil War in Abraham Lincoln and his assassination. And and then I learned from you that right after um, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in 1864. So I think he became president in 1861. And then he was assassinated in 1864, 1865, something like that. So he was really only president for a short period of time, but he made big waves while he was there. Uh, (laughs) So what happened like about with Abraham Lincoln and then the switch to what we now would say is more corporate law yes so what happened i mean there's there's much history
1: um obviously about the civil war and what people need to understand is the civil war was not about slavery slavery was brought into the civil war anyhow so we're not we won't dive dive into the civil war but what happened was so We were under the common law and and the primary reason for the civil war was because the our country the united the the government was bankrupt the north was in debt tremendously in debt because the north was highly industrialized at that time they were going through the whole industrial like an industrial revolution of sorts and the south had the plantations so lincoln went to the southern states because he wanted them to collateralize their property. And they said no. And so the southern states seceded. And so what one word we haven't brought up is that we are the United States of America, a republic, right? So our forefathers created a republic, which is absolutely critical to understand types of governments out there. And I can give you a resource at the end um a really great 10-minute video on that which is eye-opening. But anyhow they created a republic and the republic was that where we are um sovereign, we retain all of our rights from God and we have a limited federal service organization. <laughs> and so at the Civil War, the Southern states seceded from the union. And so at that time, then, so Congress adjourned, Congress adjourned without a date to reconvene, the southern states pulled out, Congress adjourned without a date to reconvene. And what this meant was then, then the union, uh, the republic ceased to exist at that time, because um, Congress adjourned with no date to reconvene and the Southern states seceded from the union. So Lincoln put us into a state of martial rule to preserve the union uh, as best he could. We've never actually come out of that state because Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. He was murdered and um, the states were separate. So now we have the civil war, the North against the South, which was horrific. It was is beyond
0: horrific so and there was never a peace treaty at the end of the war we learned that in our books with the boys this this fall that well, they surrendered it wasn't a peace treaty signed they surrendered no, correct. and that makes a difference so, correct
1: and it, it wasn't really so truly it wasn't really um a war where like a nation declares a war against another nation it was not it was it, it was just a Oh, what do they call it? I'm, I'm not thinking of it, but it was just, it wasn't an official war um, and there was no peace treaty. So when um, they elected a new president, the international bankers at this time, this is where they took great advantage of our country. So a new Congress was uh, elected and they created the Act of 1871. And what this did was rearrange a little bit our federal government and it created basically like a super corporation, um, literally a corporation, and that was no longer truly governed by the people. They didn't, the president, Congress, nobody went to the people or the states to say, okay, how are we going to fix this? What do we want to do as the people, right? Therefore, it's all unlawful. They just came in and created a new form of government. Basically, They, they made it appear like it was still the Republic. We still talk about the Constitution. Everything's based on the Constitution. Uh, (laughs) But what they did was they created a new Amendment 13. There was an original 13th Amendment. They scrapped that. They just didn't print it anymore and created a new Amendment 13 and Amendment 14. And so a result of the Civil War was freedom for the slaves. And they, so Amendment 14... This is when we kind of transition and we have to start thinking logically. We have to start asking questions because when you read Amendment uh, 14, we don't really think much about it. We think it just freed the slaves and made them citizens. So now this goes into a whole new grammar, grammatical thing where prior to the Civil War, the word citizen did not have a legal definition, a legal definition. The 14th Amendment created a legal definition to the word
0: citizen, which changes everything. Okay, so let me... You go back and summarize. Yes, now. Let me summarize this for somebody who's like, wait, wait, what? what? <laughs> because that was me. I, I was like, wait, so you're telling me that everything that I had lear- have learned is upside down. And that's basically, yes, what we're saying. So Lincoln, is, he declares martial rule, basically saying that at, when you have a martial law, the government has more power than they typically would, right? So they declare martial rule. They're trying to bring the South back. There's this war and fight on all sides, Lincoln ends up being assassinated and the new powers at B create the act of 1871, which, yeah. which if you look into it means that Washington DC, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it also includes Vatican and London are now these, a corporation that it's like the United States of America corporation that yes. now we fall under. So instead of we, the people being in charge, it's now this corporation that we're in, in charge, which separates the republic and common law into this new corporate organization where yeah. we are now under their umbrella. Correct. So it's kind of like, so this is, this is what I likened it to when I was learning about this. I thought it's kind of like, I'm an entrepreneur, right? I, I believe and I'm an entrepreneur. We believe that we're free. We yeah. believe that we are operating in a free country. I yeah. believe that I'm an entrepreneur, yes. but really I'm an it Works distributor and I have to agree and follow their policies and procedures. And if I don't agree and follow their policies and procedures, they can find me. They can terminate me, i.e. put me in jail. I mean, not literally, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But they can... <laughs> they can uh, negatively impact me if I go against their rules. And as long as I'm going within their rules, then I'm considered an entrepreneur. Yes. So in this situation, we believe that we're living <laughs> in a free country. But what yeah. we realize is that we are living in a, uh, underneath the policies and procedures, i.e. the government, the rules of this new corporation, which is very different from the established republic of the founding fathers.
1: Yes, that was an excellent (laughs) summary. Just, and I'm going to add to that summary. So from 1776, and I'm just going to use 1871, 1776 to 1871, we were a republic and our constitution still guarantees us a republic and all the states to be a republic as well. Okay. So we, we need to understand what is a republic. So people need to go study that. What is versus a democracy? Because today all you hear on television is democracy, democracy. We are not a democracy.
0: And it really doesn't say anything about a democracy.
1: Nowhere, ever and nowhere, anywhere in any document is there anything about a democracy. And so people need to get that through their thick heads and they need to understand that.
0: So nicely you guys this is all new and here's the reality when they changed this they then began teaching us their rules yes they did and, and so um, yes. none of and we're so busy trying to pay taxes yes. and and to live that we don't have time to dig in they've made it so complicated that yes. we the people, i feel like oh, well, you take care of that. We're just yeah. gonna do our own thing. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, because we're not invested or in, you know, I mean, think about a school board meeting. How many people actually go to that? <laughs> right. Uh, we're not, we, don't we don't participate.
1: We don't participate. So back in this in this republic, right, we were under common law jurisdiction. The federal government was extremely restricted, as were, were the state governments. Okay, and we the people. So we the people are up here. We wrote the Constitution creating the federal government, all right? In common law, we had the the people had, there were common law courts. We had the common law, the people's jury and grand jury. And we functioned over here doing our own thing, totally 100% separate from the federal and state governments. So then uh, what happened in the Act of 1871, unbeknownst to the people, they created a new corporate charter a bigger corporate charter they made changes in washington dc you can go look this up uh, it was the united states corporation company united states corporation company 1871 were the original uh, charter documents you can find copies i have a hard copy someplace here in my pile from 1925 every so often a corporation has to redo their charter so you can actually go get copies of that and yes So now what we have, the United States Corporation Company is now owned by foreign bankers, so to speak. Really, really England. But yes, Washington, D.C. is its own entity. It's not part of the union. It's not part of the 50 states. It's its own independent entity, as well as the city of London, okay, as well as Vatican City, okay. These are the three power cities nation states in the world and you the washington dc represents the military london is the banking and the head dog is the vatican city is over everything but so yes they created uh so a corporate situation the 14th amendment so what that was written right after the civil war and the 14th amendment let me ask you this if i want to go work at walmart or any store And they say, okay, well, to be qualified to work here, to be qualified, you need to be 18 years old and you need to have a driver's license. Well, I look at myself and go, well, okay, I'm 18 years old, a little bit older than, you know, 18, and I have a driver's license. So just because I'm qualified, does that make me a Walmart employee? No. So now if you go and read the 14th Amendment, that is what they've done. So now we're entering into a phase where they totally manipulate words. They change can legal you definition. Can describe the 14th Amendment again? Yes, the, I'll, yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> the 14th Amendment, because slaves were now free after the Civil War, it really created, remember, prior to the Civil War, yes, we had slavery. We're not going to go into that whole thing. But... We were considered sovereigns. The Declaration of Independence created us equal with the king, right? Equal with any king in the world. We were now, we were equal to, we were considered sovereignty, sovereigns. We wrote and created the Declaration or the Constitution, which created the federal government. So it's the people, the federal government. So now, after the Civil War, unbeknownst to the people, without consulting the people, international bankers came in and manipulated our system created a corporation and amendment 14 okay amendment 14 i'm just going to read it to you all persons born or naturalized in the united states and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the united states and of the state wherein they reside no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without the due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Then Section 5 of Amendment 14 says the Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. So what we want to understand is that Prior to the Civil War, we were sovereign and we were above the federal government. What Amendment 14 does, is says it, if we consent to the jurisdiction of the federal government, we can be considered United States citizens. So you can either be an American or you can be a United States citizen underneath the federal government. So this is huge because this is all wordplay. It's wordplay. And now it puts us under their jurisdiction instead of them under our jurisdiction. So we have to start looking at things in a new light and with understanding. And that's why it's critical to know who you are as men or women and to um, read the Declaration of Independence, read the constitution you need to have full understanding about your power and authority as a man or a woman because they have just completely duped us so they have they have wrangled us out of the common law jurisdiction into a jurisdiction that falls underneath the federal government which happens to be the jurisdiction of maritime admiralty law or corporate law or commercial law it's a law system that has nothing to do with men and women, actually. So yes, so now the whole language thing is really critical.
0: Mind blown. Um, So I want to add one more thing that I thought was so interesting when we were doing our classes, and and that is that Lincoln declared a state of emergency, a Mm -hmm. state of war, back during the civil war time. And because there was no peace treaty, technically we're still in this act of war, which is one reason, and you can clarify, but from my understanding, it's one reason why the government is always declaring a war, Uh, whether it's the war on terror, the war on drugs, the war on poverty, the war on whatever, we're we're declaring a war to keep them. They are declaring a war uh, to keep them um, in more power. Yes, there's, How do I
1: want to say it? So yes, when war is declared, it allows certain powers to be available to the president, to the federal government. It allows them to have further reach (laughs) to encroach upon our our rights, so to speak, more than if we were in peacetime. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's why they always declare, there's always a, every president has declared war on something. Like you said, <laughs> there's war on drugs, you know, yeah. war on terror. It might not necessarily be a war against another nation, but as, as long as they're declaring an act of war on something, it does allow them, per their, their own rules, <laughs> yeah. more a little bit more power and authority. But this is why it's so critical. If anyone's going to take anything out of this interview, is that we are men and women created in the image of God, and that our rights come from nature and nature's God, from our creator, and they can never be taken away. This is what our forefathers gave us at at a very huge price. I mean, a lot of them died. You know, not only did they lose their fortunes, but they died and their families died. And so it's so critical for us, to value this and understand this. And we are getting screwed. I'm sorry. You know, we're just, (laughs) we are, and we have to understand the Republic still exists. It's just dormant. They never, they never did anything that would do away with the Republic. They just lied and deceived us to take us off course over here, hoping that we would, they have done everything over the last 150 years to, deceive us for instance they don't teach latin anymore in school well why is that because when you study latin you're starting to understand language you're starting to understand what is the root word of a larger word and what does it mean they don't want us to know these things because they have manipulated our language horrifically and and it just goes right over our head and we don't catch things anymore
0: all right. So let's connect this to what's happening right now. Yeah. Now, um, there's, two, there's two lanes, you guys, right? There's the Republic, which the founding fathers created for us. And then there's this corporate maritime corporate law yeah. company that we're living under. And you may have heard of people who say, I don't want to live under this corporate law anymore. I don't want to pay taxes when I didn't mm-hmm. sign up for this. I don't want to (laughs) X, Y, Z. They don't get a driver's license. You know, they try to, what is it called? Excommunicate themselves or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the corporate law. So you can do that. I've seen this happen or I've heard of it happening, Um, but I also know that it's not easy and they're not gonna make it easy for you. So the alternative to stepping outside of the current system is to raise up the republic when yeah. you raise up the republic, we're not saying that we're going to tear everything down, but we're we're saying there's an alternative way to do life. And when you raise up the republic, um, then that makes it not dormant anymore. And it makes it. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So. So what you're talking
1: about is in the past, you've heard people who expatriate, you know, they expatriate. And what that means is, Oh, we've given up our U- United States citizenship and they move to Mexico or Peru or wherever they move to. But you don't have to do that. You just, you would need to just be educated in who you are and what does that mean? And so, yes, we can uh, raise the republic. So. Again, we have the two, the two lanes, the Republic lane, they've had up barrels and said, oh, you can't go down this anymore. We didn't even know it was there. It's been so long, 150 years since truly we've had a Republic. And they've wrangled us into their jurisdiction, which is a corporate jurisdiction. And those laws have really nothing to, absolutely nothing to do. Corporations are dead entities. They're on paper. We are living flesh and blood. And so two different jurisdictions. So by raising the Republic, what that means is you have to be educated in how this works. And we fill the seats of the Republic. We say, okay, um, now that we know the Republic still exists, it's just dormant. We have to fill those seats. So meaning we need to have delegates and representatives and everything for the Republic, for living men and women. And uh, you do this lawfully through noticing. So for instance, everybody has a bank card or a credit card, something like that. In the mail, you will receive a letter that talks about the terms and conditions of that bank card. And every so often you get a new one saying, oh, we're going to raise your credit card rate or we're changing this or whatever. Well, who taught you that that is an offer I used to just throw mine away. It's like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Here, throw it away. I don't care. I can't do anything about it anyway. Well, guess what? You can. That is a legal notice and you can look at that and you can go through and, and redline anything you want and say, nope, I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't, I don't accept this offer. Everything is an offer and you can turn it, you can mail it back and say, nope, with what you want on it. And now they can say, no, we don't accept that either. And they can cancel your account. But nobody taught me that you could even respond, that this was a legal notice. And so there's much to learn here, but to keep it very simple, um, we can raise the republic because those seats are empty and we can say, hey, you have lied and deceived us. And and now that we know, we're going to raise the republic and fill these positions and we're going to start living under the common law jurisdiction as was guaranteed to us by
0: the constitution. And each state needs to do it themselves, right? Because each state is going to be its sovereign entity, its independent entity that they need to do it themselves. So reach out, um, Google and or probably DuckDuckGo or like find other ways to find those who are working to raise the republic in your state because it is happening. People are wanting to do this. And- Well, I I can
1: give resources for that because it is happening. Michigan as a state has already done this. And it's a process. It's not something that just, you know, you do in 24 hours, but it is a process. Clearly, you need to be educated and do a little bit of research here. But you can go to um, www.national-assembly.net, national-assembly.net. And that tons of information on that website, tons. And that will list every state that... Uh, People are are trying to get this going. We have a national call every Thursday night. All that information is on that website. We have so Michigan has already done it. This is a lawful process. There's a a lawful process that needs to be followed. And so Michigan gave notice to the Vatican, to the Hague, to the president, to the JAG, to the secretary of state. So there's because we're resurrecting the common law jurisdiction, the republic. And so we're giving notice to everybody that we have that we're we're doing this. And then it moves from because it's the people. In a republic, it is we, the people who are the top dog who are governing, who, who say, have to participate. We have to participate, yeah. And so now, like in today's world, people are you know, thinking President Trump's gonna do something. He can only do so much. And he has said, if you go back to his inauguration, it's so powerful. He said this isn't about a transfer of power or position between the Democrats and the Republicans. This isn't um I forget what other he he gave two examples. He said that this is about giving the power back to the people. So we do know uh that he 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 has seen our notice for sure uh from Michigan and um he is doing everything he can do within his power as president of the corporation to reestablish or resurrect the the republic. But the people have the people have to do it. So now we're doing that on a county level here in Michigan as well. And Alaska just came on board too. Alaska gave notice and um, Hawaii is behind us a little bit. So other states are working on it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And you can see that um, this is not just another election. This is and you can see why all of the you know, they say like, everything in the kitchen sink or something like (laughs) everything is being thrown um, to, to not allow this to happen because the corporate law wants to stay in charge. The corporate people want to stay in charge. In fact, they want to expand their power and, and really can make that the whole one world government idea. And so what we're seeing here, you guys, and this is why it's so contentious. This is why it's so contentious. Nobody is saying the virus doesn't exist. And nobody from what that I understand is saying that people who are getting sick are liars. Like, that's not what we're saying at all. But what we're saying is there's a lot of ways to stay safe. There's a lot of ways that you can take care of your own six feet. Um, and, and global lockdowns and this top-down authority doesn't work and isn't what we signed up for. And so I think a lot of us are saying, here's the deal. I can wash my hands and I can take care of myself and I can take more vitamins and I can, but, but for you to tell me that I can't go to the store to get my son a birthday present, that's encroach. Like that's the the government's job is not to keep me safe. And the government's job is not to assess my risk level. No, because the reality is, is I drove to the gym the other day and I almost hit a deer that happens. Anytime you leave your house, there's going to be an element of risk. And no, like, no, no, where in my world would I ever blame Craig's cruisers, right? Our, our kids gaming place if I got the flu and I would not blame them if I got it now. But now there's this culture of, of blame and, and, and really taking, instead of having that personal responsibility to keep myself healthy, Um, We're putting that responsibility on everybody else. Uh, And and, and then again, you hear it in the news. Once you know this stuff, you guys, you start hearing it everywhere. You hear the news blaming the people for the virus when in fact it's a virus. And all we can do is keep ourselves as healthy as possible. (laughs) Yet they're not teaching us how to do that. And so if you haven't heard once in
1: the news on television, what you should do to boost your immune system. System are they saying hey other than wash your hands are they telling you the best things to eat the best vitamins and minerals anything critical uh, from a nutrition standpoint nothing there's nothing on it and it, it just it's just crazy because when you step back and again this is the thing they keep us so occupied or preoccupied with other stuff that we don't have the time to really pursue truth and we want to we're all. If you want to generalize it and say, you know, we're all good, trusting people. And so we want to trust that our government is for us and not against us. Well, if you start looking at the found, if, <laughs> at our founding documents and you start looking at vocabulary words and how they're using language, when you look at the 14th amendment, amendment a little closer, What they did was they took us from a sovereignty level above the federal government, and they made us actually all United States citizens or all slaves, if you will, to their jurisdiction, to their rules.
0: We're employees of this corporation.
1: Yes. And I mean, and we've only touched on stuff. I mean, we've (laughs) just a little bit of stuff, but it is um, it is really it's really horrific and this is where we have cognitive dissonance because what they have done is so beyond what you and I would think that they would do to us. But when you understand it, everything is about money, everything. And when you start delving into language a little bit more, I'll just throw this out here. So how many of you watch TV, right? Back in the day when I was little, um, it was television programming. Now let's just think about that. Tell uh vision they're telling they're giving us a vision tell love vision programming wrap your head around that for a few minutes I mean they would they spew stuff out 24/7 <laughs> they're they're sending us messages and and truly it ends up becoming you know this all sounds really crazy but it becoming it, it does become a type of brainwashing because it's over and over and over and over that they're putting stuff in our face. That isn't necessarily truth. And so when we go out and actually start studying stuff, if you have the time or if you're willing to listen to anybody who has done the research, it's mind blowing. It's hard to accept, actually, but it's truth.
0: It is. It it is. it, It really everything that we've been taught. Shifts and you go through. I know, at least for me, I went through this shock of Mm -hmm. what can this be true? And then it had to be validated. I couldn't just hear it from one source. I mean, it had to be validated, 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 validated. Because if you think of how long we've learned the other system to hear that that's not true or it's not the only story, is it we have to hear it a ton. So I had to go and find other people. All over all different. I mean, when, when all of this started, not only did my entrepreneur friends be like, no, wait, 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 this is not right. <laughs> uh, my fitness friends, wait wait, 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 no, 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 this is not, I mean, everywhere around me was like, no, 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 no. This is not how you handle a crisis like this. And, and so I had to go and find, it had to be validated. Right. And then at once it's validated and you start to understand that, okay, this, this, this could be true or, or this is true or, you know, oh my goodness. Then it comes to what can we do? What can we do? And what can we do, you guys, is we can raise the republic. What can we do is we can teach rights and responsibilities. What can we do is we can step back from the mainstream media, and again, I'm going to connect this to what I had learned years prior with my nutrition stuff, which is all the food junk, you guys. If you watched any of the food documentaries, this makes more. Like, how can you trust anything that the we see on TV once you understand what they do to animals and the hormones and the plastic right. we're eating and all this stuff, and then vaccines too. Like, once you understand this kind of, once you understand the backstory of a lot of what. Is happening i don't understand how anyone can believe the news but it's regardless really, it is and it
1: really is uh, you know if you've seen the movie the matrix what what is coming out today is that they are disclosing to us truth all the time they are telling us what they're doing i mean the movie's terminator <laughs> the terminator movies i mean All these movies, you know, 25 years ago, it was like, ooh, sci-fi. Well, how much of those have come true? How much, how much of movies from 10 or 20 years ago are now a reality? We need to wake up because they are actually disclosing things to us that are true. This is part of the programming. They're, they're, they're programming us for technologies that are coming out to be prepared, to be able to accept them. It's not really that big of a stretch. To see this and the movie, The Matrix, once you take that pill, (laughs) what did they say? We can only, we can only show you the truth. And once, once you start seeing the truth, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But we are, we are raising the Republic. Let me give you, if I could, a couple more resources. All of the
0: resources, you guys will also be in the show notes below for sure. Yeah,
1: because it's when you start studying this stuff, you need a, a legal dictionary. Why? Because they're changing vocabulary so much. And I will just throw this out. That will be somewhat, this will be hard for you to swallow. The word person, okay? You and I, when we're talking, we say, oh, that person over there. And so when I say that person over there, you understand that to be that man or woman that's standing over there. Legally, there's a difference between lawful and legal, okay? (laughs) That was news to me as well. Legally, on papers, a person is a corporation. So, yep, get your legal dictionary. Yeah. And the earlier edition you can find the better. I have a Black's Law Dictionary, which is the fifth edition, which is just okay. You want, remember, you want the older, the better, because it's going to give you the original, (laughs) original meanings. but anyhow, so on all of the executive orders, right, it never it never, ever in any no act, statute or code applies to men or women. They just don't. And you need to access vocabulary lists or list of definitions for everything, because a person will always be defined as
0: a, a corporate entity. It's <laughs> amazing. I mean, I think that's the thing, you guys. We're just stating like this. We're just doing the yeah, we're just introducing you to this topic because I know even though I had learned about the food, and you know, I honestly I stopped believing the news when I realized they were telling me <laughs> Cheerios was a good breakfast. You know, the food pyramid. You guys, like really the carbs at the bottom. Come on now. And all of these things that <laughs> that once you start really digging into, you realize I wasn't taught right. And now certainly things can evolve and change and grow. But milk never has been and still is not good for us, yet it's still something that um, is widely produced. And so I think once you start really going down this train, it makes a bit more sense. And that is why you can see what's happening through a different lens. And and once you see it through a different lens, the, the fighting on the news, the bickering with Trump, all the things that are happening, at least for me, I was like, okay, I understand what's happening, which allows me to make my own choices. So I can at least feel like I'm doing something to protect my family, to prepare my family and to stay out of this mess rather than getting emotionally drawn in and then participating. Yeah. It. So it doesn't do any good to get all emotional and argue with
1: people. It's, it's really, do you really know the truth? Have you really done the research yourself? You you really can't trust anybody out there until you start doing the research yourself and seeing things. So it's not even worth it to engage with people.
0: Well, and again, it's like, they're seeing uh-huh. the world in a different way. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's okay. And And you guys, we all were there at one point where we had no idea <laughs> anything else was happening <laughs> behind the scenes. And so I have often said, you know, when people start asking questions or when they start reaching out to me, then I will share what I've learned, but I'm not going to necessarily pound the pavement and like beat on people's doors no. because I've found that most, uh, a lot of people, not most, a lot of people are are really close to hearing it. And that's okay. When they're ready, they're ready. And, and until then, the rest of us will form our own common law community with their own non-mask <laughs> basketball. <laughs> <Okay>. All right. <laughs> So uh, another website
1: would be michigandisur.org, And another really good one would be usavsus.info. And you can, I'll get with you and you can put them on. But um, we do in-person education classes. If anyone's interested, we're going to start doing uh, meetings like this on, not on Zoom, but on another platform. So we can get the word out because it's so critical about the Republic, understanding the Republic and who you are and what your rights are for any of this to to get better. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you, Katie, for not only your years of research, of traveling to the original documents and (laughs) gathering all of your resources, but then for sharing it with all of us. Because I think for all of us who are asking questions, we need to know that there's another side of the coin and that there's another side to this story. And once you know this side of the story, you guys, at least for me, it made a whole heck of a lot more sense. So let me know, reach out to me if this is something you guys resonate with or you're like, holy cow, Denise, I can't believe you're talking about this. (laughs) Don't talk to that girl ever again. (laughs) I would love to hear from you, hear your thoughts. If you've got any additional questions, certainly reach out. This is just the beginning and uh, we'll put as many resources as possible in the show notes below. Have an amazing day